1: Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly LA Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back Ram fans. This is episode 9 of season 2, our third episode this week. We are wrapping up our trip around the NFC West today. On Monday, we dropped our interview with Jess Root of the Cards Wire website and co-host of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. On Tuesday, we had our talk with Brandon Schultz, the host of the Seahawker podcast. And this episode, we have synced up with John Chapman of the 49ers Rush podcast. That's coming up in a second. And once again, thank you, Jess, Brandon, and John for giving our audience the lowdown on your teams. And a last reminder, we'll start focusing on the draft over the next few weeks, culminating with a draft roundtable. I'll have Paul Walia and Tom Quartz, two of our regular guests, on to share their thoughts on the NFL draft and what are the Rams going to do with their picks. We'll be back in a minute with John Chapman as we get caught up on what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers. One note worth mentioning before we move on, the Rams have signed their punter, or at least a punter, Riley Dixon, out of Syracuse. Played two years with Denver, four years with the Giants, 6'5", 226 pounds. Statistically, somewhat similar to Johnny Hecker, at least Hecker, over the last couple years, so... Not necessarily an upgrade, but he should be fine. I suspect they will bring in an undrafted free agent to compete with him. I think this rules out any chance of them drafting a punter, in my opinion. We'll get into this a little bit more in our next podcast. Two titles are up for grabs on the stacked UFC 273 fight card. Join the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code T-P-P-N, throw down $5 on UFC 273, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code T-P-P-N this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Greetings, Ram fans. I have Tom Kortz. You can find him on Twitter at RamsBeat. He's back with us today. How are you doing, Tom?
2: Hey, great. Great to be back. Thanks.
1: So this week, we are doing the three segments dedicated to our NFC West rivals. we got the Cardinals, 49ers, and Seahawks joining us, representatives from each team that are going to get us caught up on their off-season activity. Right now, joining us is John Chapman, the host
0: of 49ers Rush Podcast. How are you doing, John? Man, it's a good day. I, I love this time of year before the draft. You got the excitement. You know, it's like a kid on Christmas. And so it's good time. Free agency's kind of dwindling. But uh, it's a good time right now. It's a good time for all 49 or all NFL fans in general. Yeah, it reminds me. You just reminded me of the Jeff Fisher days when the Rams would have three
1: first-round picks and two second-round picks. And we are so excited about the. I used to tell my Patriots fans that, Hey, you guys won the Super Bowl, but we have 14 picks. So (laughs) we actually won.
0: (laughs) That's the way. And and I'll say this, you know, I've been to a lot of the drafts and it's one of the few times where different fans from teams all pretty much get along. Everybody's pretty much happy. Um, except for Patriots fans. They're usually the most miserable, no matter what. And I don't know why that is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, So whenever we talk to anyone about their team, it always starts with a quarterback, no different with the 49ers. You guys got Trey Lance, your future in the building. Um, My read on that was he was a little disappointing early in camp last year, but by the time the season rolled around, I think the 49ers and their faithful were feeling a lot better about his future, his ability to lead this team. But you still have Jimmy in the room, rehabbing his shoulder. A lot of us thought he would be traded by now. So so give us your perspective. What's going on with the quarterback situation with the Niners?
0: I think everybody was on the same page as to what the quarterback situation for the Forty Eight ers was going to be. And that Jimmy G had this late surgery scheduled, uh, waited patiently to have that surgery done, you know, like one day before legal tampering, which – threw a wrench and everything because if you go back to the end when the 49ers lost the NFC Championship game against you guys um, uh, uh, congratulations to y'all by the way but he, he said goodbye and like was in tears at the press conference after the game basically said farewell to the faithful and as this off season has progressed the front office Kyle Shanahan John Lynch they have put every single ounce of confidence and fueled the whole Trey Lance is our guy moving forward and they even said repeatedly just in the past week in owners' meetings down in South Florida, both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, we had some trades somewhat worked out, but then the surgery happened and we everything kind of fell apart. Now all the spots are kind of filling up. So Trey Lance is the quarterback of the future. Make no mistake about it. If Jimmy Garoppolo is not moved during the draft, then it's kind of a wait and see, kind of like the Sam Bradford, Philadelphia Eagles trade. If somebody goes down, you got it. But the one thing that I will say, Kyle Shanahan has made it very, very clear. They are not releasing Jimmy Garoppolo under any situation. It's the last year of his deal. And so worst comes to worst, you've got two quarterbacks. Trey will be the starter. Jimmy G, maybe the best backup quarterback in the league getting paid $27 million. Uh, luxury, I don't think the $40 want to have. But if that's the worst case, I'll take it. I'll take it moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think his value could really skyrocket if you know another starter on a contender were to go down. Can't really count on that happening, but right. that that could be their saving grace. Not that I want to see anyone get hurt, but uh, you have you have him as a backup, and uh, you have some equity there if uh, someone else's quarterback goes down.
0: Yeah, it, you never root for injuries at all, but at the same time. I don't think Kyle or John Lynch is fine just cutting him, which almost his entire contract, there's no guarantees. I think you'd save $25.5 million if you did release Garoppolo, but at this stage, past free agency what what are you going to do with that money now it's all you know the the prize starters for the most part have all been signed off so that 25 million dollars now what's that going to do extensions you know you got debo coming up he's going to get signed to an extension for sure bosa probably next year so that money will come off the books eventually if jimmy g leaves but they're in no hurry to just kind of cut pay
2: yeah so yeah and also with uh with jimmy g's injury it makes it a little easier if jimmy g's on the on the roster as a backup because he won't be in camp and um, that'll give trey lance all the snaps and there won't be any sort of uh you know drama associated with that so but anyway moving on let's look at what the 49ers have done so far in free agency and why don't you take us through any major additions and losses they've had and your take on what they've done so far
0: Yeah, two big losses one big addition you lose your left guard, Lakin Tomlinson, who signed for 13 million. Uh, very happy he got paid. But yeah, that guard market, oh my goodness. You know, I, I was thinking maybe eight and a half to 10 million a year. He got over 13, goes to a former, you know, Kyle Shanahan uh, coaching protege up in New York. It's so happy for him. Glad he got paid. And then DJ Jones, defensive tackle, he goes for $10 million a year. So that's two starters down, but you address one of the biggest needs, and that's Charvarius Ward cornerback from uh, the Kansas city chiefs. You bring him in at about a $13 million a, a year average. And he's fun. 25 years old, undrafted free agent, just fought through everything. He was actually handicapped for two years of his, in a wheelchair for two years as a kid. And he's just fought to where he is and earned everything that he's done. So excited to see that. So those are the kind of the big moves. 49ers usually aren't big free agency players. When Kyle Shanahan first came in, and built that roster he was, very similar to what Mike McDaniel's doing now down in South Florida. But now the 49ers almost seem to be, we're going to draft, we're going to develop, we're going to sign our guys. That's what, you know, Fred Warner, Kittle, uh, Bosa, Debo, those types of players, we're going to build through the draft, we're going to sign our guys. The antithesis of what you guys are doing in Southern California, it's, it's night and day, man. I swear we are just so diametrically opposed in the foundation and philosophy of building a roster. And I don't think either are wrong. Um, but it's gonna be interesting to see how it's gonna play out long term. There, there's no doubt about it. But yeah. the 49ers, very calm, cool, collected, and free agency.
2: Yeah, that's probably a great topic. The team building strategies of the uh of the of the Niners and the uh the Rams long term. It's a, that's probably a whole other podcast. But I see they also re-signed um uh Jeff Wilson, uh obviously at that running back position. Uh, Added uh, Kerry Hyder and and George Odom uh, as well. Yeah, I think um, you know you
0: brought up Kerry Hyder, and I think that's again, this is if you're looking for a microcosm for what the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch philosophy is, you bring in Kerry Hyder two years ago on a very cheap prove it deal, and he goes off for eight and a half sacks. The 49ers basically offer him a minimum deal and say, look, you can be successful here, and we'll pay you this, or you can go get paid. He chooses to go get paid with Seattle. Two-year deal. Uh, we get I think the 49ers got a six-round compensation pick for him, and he does nothing. They release him after one year. I think he had one sack. Then he comes back to us on a vetement, like almost a minimum deal with sack incentives. That's what the 49ers are trying to do. They're paying top dollar at a lot of positions. Fullback, left tackle, tight end, linebacker. And so they have to get some of these basically veteran prove it deals where, and that's what they're filling their roster with. Now I don't think Carry Heider is going to start for us despite having eight and a half sacks last time he was with us. But again, just adding that veteran depth of pieces that you know fit, but we're not overpaying. If you want to be in San Francisco, that's great. You're going to have to take a little bit of a team friendly deal. That's great.
2: So if you look at the different uh, position groups, wh- where do you think the biggest questions are? right now that need to be addressed before the start of camp.
0: Interior offensive line. Um that that's left guard right guard. That that's you draft Aaron Banks. The Forty ers drafted Aaron Banks last year in the second round. He was he wasn't even active half the year. I think he got like 5 snaps. I think he had the second fewest snaps of anybody drafted in the first and second round last year. That's a huge question mark. But then you let Lakin Tomlinson just walk and you bring nobody else in in free agency. So it seems like him and Trey Lance, after, you know, taking a year sitting, almost red-shirting, I want to make a shirt that says, like, Kyle redshirted me, me, uh, <laughs> like, said it to the rookies. But, like, he's going to have to be a guy that's going to start. There, there's not much competition there. You have Daniel Brunskill on the right side, but he's more of, like, the sixth offensive lineman, kind of a flex utility player. Some major issues. And for Trey Lance coming in, only 21 years old, going to be starting, going into the season as starter, that's kind of terrifying, um, taking a step back on the offensive line. So, I hope that's something they address, um, in the NFL draft.
2: And you're okay with McGlinchy at that on the right side opposite, uh, Williams? No, <laughs>
0: no, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> okay. but they picked up his fifth year option, he's coming off a major quad injury. There's some depth pieces there. You have Colton McKivitt, you have Jalen Brown, who they drafted, so they have bodies. But I don't think they have starters. Even if McGlinchy's healthy, he's good for one to two kind of horrible highlights a game, even though he's a very good run blocker, which Kyle Shanahan wants. He has those one or two just whatever team we're playing, they're going to have a highlight play against McGlinchy every single game. So those are the major issues. And I think you're right, Tom, to bring up McGlinchy, No, even if he was healthy, I'm not okay with it but he's guaranteed he's going to be p- getting paid now the one thing i will say it's a contract year, so if he balls out shanahan loves him uh, he might be here long term
2: yeah interesting similar to the rams on the offensive line that's uh in my opinion the biggest question there with uh, corbett gone um you know similar to the tomlinson loss of guard and uh really nobody's replaced him uh we have a you know a, a, a backup center coleman shelton who might be slotted there right now and then we Uh, Lose, obviously, Whitworth and replace him with a give a long, big uh, contract to our uh, former backup. No boom. So uh, uh, not to get in too much into the Rams, but there's a lot of parallels there with these two teams. Yes. uh, When it comes to offensive line. So how about safety? Uh, Who starts opposite Jimmy Ward?
0: it's, It's a it's a two person race currently. Talanoa Hufunga, which you guys are Southern Cal people. You're going to know him big time. He was the you know, USC uh, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. They got him in the fifth round, and he started stealing snaps from Tart as the year went on, and then he got injured. But that's who I think is going to win the job. But the problem with Tart is this. he's His instincts are great. Football IQ, amazing. Athleticism, very subpar. That's why he fell to the fifth round. So you're going to put this guy out there We rotate our safeties. We don't run a traditional free safety, uh, you know, strong safety in the box guy. They play both. And so you're going to put him back as free safety against, you know, (laughs) DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, all these guys. It's scary. Now, if you're looking for the hyper athleticism, the 49ers still do have Moore who was with us. A towards Achilles right before training camp last year and so that Tarvarius Moore. so that's but he ran a 432 at southern miss so he's the athlete not as good in the run game so i think those two guys are gonna kind of battle it out and again I, I hate to keep saying this but one of the positions that could be targeted in the draft with one of the 49 ers kind of first two to three picks I love this gotcha. safety class in the draft by the way love this safety class. Yeah, safety class is also a lot of speed at uh,
2: at an edge and so forth. So um, in terms of wide receivers, uh, obviously Debo, Ayuk, uh, um, Jennings look like the top three, uh, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of depth beyond that other than the special teamers, Ray Ray, or special teamer Ray Ray McLeod, who you know, probably won't get a lot of snaps at wide receiver. So is that also something you feel like they're going to target in the draft just for depth?
0: It, it's, it, you listed every wide receiver we have signed currently. <laughs> they're, they're, next up is John Chapman. I don't think they want him out there running stick routes. And so <laughs> they have to bring something in, whether it's, you know, Kyle Shanahan's pretty famous with his loyalty project, where if you've ever played for him, he'll bring you in on the back end of the roster. So I think some guys like Muhammad Sanu, um, Jordan Matthews, who we have as a tight end, who was a former wide receiver, players like that. But, you know, the one guy I, everybody, every 49ers fan is kind of crossing their fingers for is Christian Watson. Wide receiver out of North Dakota State, Trey Lance's former teammate. And we have seen this repeatedly in the NFL, right, where you match up the quarterback with their college wide receiver that they've had repeated success with. That would be ideal. Now, will he be there at 61? I don't believe he will, which is the 49ers' first pick. Um, They'll have to jump up. They're going to have to get aggressive. Now, the 49ers have 11 picks Slated in the 2023 draft, so they have a lot of ammunition to kind of jump up and down. Probably not get back into the first, but around that pick 45 to 50, they have the ammunition to jump up there if he falls.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then in terms of the uh, the the on the defensive side uh, at defensive line and edge, uh, a lot of bodies there. Um, some obvious uh, studs with like Bosa and Armstead. Uh, who else do you see getting the majority of the snaps on the on the uh, up front of the line there? You
0: know, DJ Jones, who we started this podcast talking about, left for $10 million a year, and he earned every penny. He was great last year. Well, I think a big reason why the 49ers were okay with him leaving and getting paid, Javon Kinlaw, who you drafted two years ago, he gets to step back up into that position. Now, he's coming off an ACL surgery. Good news, bad news. You don't like young <laughs> defensive linemen that are 300 plus pounds having ACL issues. But good news, the same guy that did Jimmy Garoppolo's ACL, the same guy that did Joey uh, Nick Bosa's ACL, he did his surgery. Everything seems to say, and I know every player is going to say this, he's in the best health of his career, and he's already working out. He's ahead of schedule. That surgery took place pretty early during the season last year. So he's got the time frame works. And if Javon Kinlaw can be what he was drafted to be, solid run protector, uh, stuff in the middle and all those things with a little bit of pass rush upside, this defense could be in the mix for one of the best defenses in the NFL. But that's a big if. That is a big if. And then probably Sanson uh, Epicom, and probably the player that nobody talks about, Charles O'Minihue out of the University of Texas. They traded. uh, He was drafted by the Texans. They traded for him last year. I think he could be one of those guys that could start to be kind of that opposite Bosa, an eight to ten sack kind of player that specializes in that. Because if you play opposite of Bosa, you're going to have success in this defense. It's just it doesn't matter who's there; the numbers go up.
2: Yeah, that's a uh, that's the uh, in our parlance that's the uh, Aaron yep. Donald effect. Right, anybody <laughs> who plays opposite him is is gonna uh, gonna get paid. Uh, you know, uh, look at. Dante Fowler and a few others. So, uh, uh, so and, and the last, you know, the last real question mark is uh, uh, cornerback. I mean, obviously, you got Shavarius Ward, uh, Mosley. You know, who's going to play in that nickel spot? Is it, you know, uh, uh, who else is in there?
0: That's the question of the day. Uh, because you have three your best three corners, they're all outside corners. Ambry Thomas Thomas, the rookie who got the interception against you guys to close out the overtime game in week 18. Had to throw that in there. Sorry, Tom and Mark. Uh, okay. <laughs> but he's he's very promising, but Emmanuel Mosley is better than he is. So if you put your two best corners outside, that's Emmanuel Mosley and Charvarius Ward. Ambry Thomas can't play inside. Mosley can. So what I'm hoping they do, I don't think they will do this, but you keep Mosley and Ward outside until you go to nickel. Then you bring Ambry Thomas and slide Mosley into the slot. Not a lot of teams do that. The Chargers do that. Denver does that. So some teams have, but the 49, D'Amico Ryans has been pretty rigid and simplistic whenever it comes to the rotation. So I I don't see that as an option. I think that kind of goes against his trend. And if that's the case, Diamador Lenore, Oregon corner rookie last year uh, who played both outside and inside I think he would be the guy currently that would get that job so uh, Mosley Ward outside with uh Diamador Lenore going into the slot gotcha
2: gotcha and so they obviously they don't have any uh first rounders this year um one in the second two in the third nine overall uh where do you see him going with that that first pick in the second round and what other positions are they going to just kind of load up on
0: since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have showed up every single first pick has been an O-line or D-lineman except for Trey Lance they love O-line D-line they build in the trenches so I would not be shocked at all if they go edge even though they already have 12 defensive linemen under contract they will spend all of the resources there if a speed edge guy is there somebody like a Majai Sanders out of Penn state, something along those lines that could play that quote unquote D Ford role. Because when D Ford was healthy, which was a very small sample size, the 49ers defense was the best in the NFL. Whenever he got hurt, took a major step back and we haven't seen that speed edge rusher opposite Bosa yet. That would be ideal. John Lynch, he can't help himself, but I think, you know, if you're and then if it's not edge, you're looking wide receiver, they've got to get some more depth there or, Or safety, which I think is a little early. I think it is early. But if a playmaker falls, then perhaps. But edge or wide receiver would be my bet.
1: I wanted to ask you specifically about the running back position. Over the last few years, it seems like whoever you guys have back there does well, at least against the Rams. It it was Mostert. He was always tearing us up very fast back. And then early last year, I noticed Elijah Mitchell. I thought he was clearly... An NFL high-caliber NFL running back, and I really expected Trey Sermon to emerge at some t- point, uh, but he really didn't. And and then you re-signed Jeff Wilson. It, is this Mitchell's job? What's the deal with Trey Sermon? Is he? Uh, do they have the reservations about him, or is it just that Mitchell was so good?
0: Yeah, I, I think Elijah Mitchell is is the. I'll say this: you go back to Father Shanahan, right? Whatever he traded. Uh, Clinton Portis, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. He, whoever goes back there in a Shanahan system, they're going to have success. I do believe that it goes Elijah Mitchell, and then it's a question mark. Debo, obviously, is going to probably continue to get two to three carries in the backfield. I don't think he'll get that seven to nine carries that we saw in the playoff run. Uh, I just don't think that's sustainable. But two to three carries would be great. Trey Sermon, they traded up for Trey Sermon. They traded up for him. But, again, Kyle Shanahan redshirted him. So we'll just have to wait and see. In in my opinion, I think it would go Elijah Mitchell, clearly the one, and then Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon until Trey Sermon can prove that he could be that guy. And then Jermichael Hasty. he's the third down back that will come in and rotate. But, yeah, we need explosiveness. Elijah Mitchell is great, but he's not getting those kind of 40, 50-yard runs that you saw with Mostert. He's just a first-down machine. He, he's not having those giant explosive plays. That's just not who he is. So that's one of the things that's missing from the Kyle Shanahan running game that we're kind of used to. Uh, we we don't have those huge explosive plays outside of Debo, but somebody else has to start generating that.
2: Yeah. So if you look at what the you know, odds makers are saying, um, you know, just like last year, all they're all uh, projecting the Rams, Niners, and, Cardinals all the post sort of a 10-7, and 11-6 record in the upcoming season. and So how do you see the battle for the division title playing out and also giving some consideration to the fact that they not all have to play each other, but they, uh, on top of it, the NFC West is are also playing the AFC West. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so there's the division race, which is what you care about, and then you've got the overall seeding and things like that. But the schedule, like you said, it's best on best. It's SEC West versus SEC East with the the AFC and NFC West. Like It's the best of the best. So you might not get that first seed, but whoever wins this division – the Super Bowl goes through the NFC West. Uh, the best bet I've made the past two years, um, Yeah, I bet it almost every year is NFC West is going to win the Super Bowl. And we get so dang close or we hit it. You know what I mean? And so you guys made me some money. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but I'll say this. This is a two-team race in the NFC West. I don't believe in the Cardinals. They're going to jump out to an early start like they do every single year under Kingsbury. And then they're going to kind of fall off. That's just what they do. Seattle, I think, is a bottom three roster in the NFL currently. Like, And that's being generous. I might put a bet in on them having the number one overall pick. I just don't believe in that team. Russell Wilson covered up so many flaws in their roster construction. Um, I, don't, I don't like it. But you look at the Rams. You look at the 49ers. It's going through those two teams. And who's going to win? The one thing that I will say, <laughs> Russell Wilson had the 49ers number more than any other player in the history, the history of 49ers football. And with him being gone, which, I mean, you could almost pencil in two losses every single year when we played Seattle in the divisional uh, rankings. I'm not so sure about that anymore. You guys could beat Russell Wilson. We never could. Uh, So I, I think that's one of the things that I'm just like, whew. When that trade happened, I was so happy. I was so happy that he was out of there. Um, we still got to play them once this year, but I'll take that because it doesn't go against our divisional standings. Um, so at, if I had to pick a winner right now, um, I'm going to be a little homer right now. I'd say the 49ers because those divisional wins. We usually play pretty good against the Rams, six and one in our last seven games, but we have just been tra- like destroyed by Arizona and the Seahawks. And I think both those teams took step backs, major step backs. So if we can go one and one with the Rams, which is what I'm projecting, um i think the 49ers got a decent shot plus they have an easier schedule because they finished third in the nfc west where you guys finished first so you're you're playing all the top teams of every division whereas we're playing the third team of each division so that that helps a little bit as well yeah I, yeah the, uh, our cardinals insider
1: we had the same discussion and i told him uh, i don't see three teams from this division making the playoffs next year
0: i do not uh, i just
1: don't yeah it's, it's not going to happen. Um but I agree with you. The Niners, uh, we have so much respect for the 49ers for obvious reasons. Um, they they have been our kryptonite. Um and it, it's never fun playing you guys, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> it it is entertaining. I was able to make it to you know all three of the games this year against you guys, which man, playing the any team three times, it, it's must see TV. Uh, It's just, it's incredible. It's so much talent and stars like name any two teams that have that many stars on offense and defense. Like you had the chiefs who are loaded up on offense, or at least they were, but there are all pro players peppered through both those lineups. And it's just, man, it's, it's Hollywood, man. It's fun to watch.
2: It's also fun to watch uh, Shanahan, and uh, McVeigh <laughs> go at it, you know, with their their strategies. These two old buddies, and they their, uh, you know, and Shanahan's getting the better of him. you know, McVeigh is very stubborn and is in that two-high shell defense, and just letting, you know, Debo and Ayuk and everybody else just skewer them in the middle. And uh, you know, thankfully the Rams have bolstered that spot uh, uh, by jettisoning Troy Reader and and signing Bobby Wagner. But um, and then in that fine, you know, and, and then in the playoff game mcveigh finally gave in to morris and said all right do your thing bro and he went with the, the heavy you know uh, the six man seven man boxes and uh and just threw the made say hey jebby go beat us and it was a it was a brawl yeah it turned into a brawl and uh anyway interesting it'll be fun to watch but i love watching those i love watching those two guys go at it just strategically as much as I love watching all the stars battle
0: out Yeah,
1: there's was, there was definitely a point in that playoff game where uh I thought we were done
0: and then it just turned, you know, it, turned, yeah, it turned quick, man. It turned quick. Now, here I have a question for you guys, if you don't mind, Tom and Mark. How legit was the consideration of McVeigh walking away? And does that like if y'all go out and win another Super Bowl or have whatever, like is do y'all feel there's a chance like this could be done soon with McVeigh. Is that on the table?
2: Yeah, my take. Oh, yeah, anyway, just yeah, just jump in real quick. My, my take is that McVeigh was coming back all along. He wanted a, a big payday. I mean, he was the he was making seven and a half, eight and a half million dollars, and you got you know Belichick up there, and, and you know almost double that. And um, uh, so he wanted to get paid. We uh, you know fair enough, and he deserved it. Uh, I don't think there was ever any hesitation that he was going to get his contract redone. But I think his wagon. Uh, in the long term is hitched to uh stafford donald uh cup those guys right i you know in particular stafford he had he was so miserable having to coach jared Goff. i mean you know people say he's a workaholic he does this and he's just he's going to burn out at an early age but he had to because he had to scheme and 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 he had to call the plays he had to 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 make adjustments at the line of scrimmage for the guy until the 15 seconds was up i mean it was watching his face yeah and it was it was you know he won't do that again so i don't i don't see him going through a rebuild but um with the matthew stafford extension i think he's there as long as matthew stafford is and that's that's what i'm yeah
1: my take on that is that i don't think it was a serious consideration this time around but i wouldn't be surprised if you know, about the time Stafford and Donald retire, he may be done. Uh, and I think, uh, I, from my perspective, if you've made that much money and you've spent so much energy over that seven, eight-year period coaching an NFL team, I think most guys would want to break anyways. But can he just walk away? I, only Sean McVeigh knows, but uh, I, we'll have to see. But I don't think it was... I agree with Tom. I don't think it was a serious consideration this time around. But maybe when he Heard those rumors. He thought, well, Hey, you know what? Maybe I can get a little bit of a contract increase here, but I think he would be a good uh, TV guy. He'd probably be excellent at it.
0: I know he did that. uh, podcast with Schrager, the flying coach. I I loved every single one of them. Um, I mean, it it was very, very good. Him and Shanahan, you could throw Kingsbury into the mix, maybe as a little bit more of a comedic relief, but those two guys, like talking football, oh my gosh, it's, yeah. it's
2: oh that was that was one of the best podcast episodes I've ever listened to. That that when they had Shanahan on there and they were talking about how they went through things and and when McVay was the quality control guy and 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 didn't make the copy. <laughs> 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 uh, a lot, yeah. That's a that's a must must listen for anyone. But uh,
0: yeah. So, any last thoughts on um, on this upcoming season? It, it. I would say this: to the victors go the spoils. And I think that these two teams are built for success. The NFC got way worse, and I think both of our teams collectively, currently before the draft, took steps back. Right? We both lost more starters than we signed in free agency. That's got to play into effect, but not near as much as so many other teams. And whenever you have teams that have been contenders, even if you look at Green Bay losing perhaps the best or second best or top you know wide receiver in the league, um, that changes things. Russell Wilson leaving. The NFC is up for grabs. And I think the 49ers, the Rams, and the Bucks. Those are your three teams that are just at the top. And I'm not even going to include the Packers in that, even though when you have Aaron Rodgers, that changes. But if you look at the AFC, there's 10 contenders. (laughs) This is a three or four team race. There's 10 in the AFC. So... I'm excited. This is gonna be a fun year for both the teams. And the two matchups that were guaranteed between our two squads, oh my gosh, it's gonna be must see TV again because it and, and enjoy it because we don't know when the next Jeff Fisher, we don't know when the next Jim Tom Sula steps in. We are we are in our prime and uh it's 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 just enjoy it, man. Seize the day is kind of how I see it.
1: Yeah, I, I do enjoy watching the Rams and 49ers play, but I have to say I usually have a headache by the end of the game. So <laughs> That's, that's just the way these games have gone. Do you want to share with our audience uh, how they can find you, your podcast on Twitter? Anything else you want to share before we sign off?
0: yeah on twitter at jl underscore chapman and if you're a rams fan and you hate the 49ers that's okay we do a lot of draft video and draft breakdowns so even if you don't like the 49ers we put out a lot of content on youtube uh just going through the all 22 tape film breakdowns of all these draft prospects so if you want to check that out just type in john chapman on youtube or 49ers rush podcast and you can just pick the draft prospects video you don't have to listen to any 49ers propaganda uh
1: but that is there okay hey we really appreciate your time. That's really good stuff. I think our audience is going to love it. And uh, maybe we'll have you back again sometime. Maybe we'll, when the season gets a little bit closer, revisit some topics and rediscuss.
0: I love it. Mike, uh, Mark, Tom, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. I hope we beat you every single time this uh, year, but you guys are incredible. I appreciate you guys. Okay, thank you, you so much for having me on. Yeah, have a good day. Hey,
1: thanks for being here. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.
0: Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube Royalty Free Music Audio Library, Crimson Fly by Hamahama. Hama.